When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 73, Debt Free Lab. Hey Chainers, welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Welsh. Alright Katie, so today's guest has got quite the story and I think it will resonate with a lot of people. I'm not sure about you, but loads of people have made big financial mistakes. <laughs> Wait, is that a joke? You're yeah, not that, sure? That was, that was a joke. <laughs> That's not funny. Well, I mean, in <laughs> retrospect, you can look back and laugh, you know. Yeah. And, but I think like what I was getting to was a lot of people make mistakes and sometimes it's very easy to feel overwhelmed and you're never going to overcome the burden, you know. Well, and I feel like lots of people get into these tough financial situations when they think that their life is going to go one way and then it kind of just does like a complete U-turn and goes the complete opposite way. And that's a tough time, A, when you're broke and then when your life is just going completely in the opposite direction of to what you planned. Yeah. And I think another thing, which is a nice takeaway from this episode, is it's never too late to turn your life around, you know? And there's no reason to live unhappily. Yeah, definitely. It's about chasing your dreams, figuring out what makes you happy. And, you know, if you want to conquer your debts, you can do it. Absolutely. And life is too short. You have to enjoy every minute. Definitely. Awesome. Do you want to dive into our interview? Yeah, you really left us out like a cliffhanger here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Hey Chainers, welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. Today we have Karen with us. Karen created Debt Free Lab to share fast, actionable tips that would help real everyday people achieve financial success. She comes from quite a background of conquering massive financial stress and is now out of debt and financially stable, ready to share her story. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. So I have to say, wow. I read your About Us page on your website just before the interview, and you have got quite the story. <laughs> yes, I do. Hectic. So let's chat a little bit about that. So firstly, you walked away from a marriage, $50,000 in debt with a 515 credit score and no money. Youch. <laughs> yeah. How did you dig yourself out of that? Well, it was really a rough season of my life. And to be honest with you, at times, it felt like I was just staring at a mountain that I was never going to be able to climb. So since I was feeling really overwhelmed by everything, um, what worked best for me was to break up that huge challenge into smaller, more manageable goals. Once I did that, I started to feel like, you know what, I got this, I can do this. And that just gave me the motivation that I needed to start tackling all the issues that I was facing at that time. 
Awesome. So the 50,000 debt, was it like one type of debt? Was it just from your marriage or was the other stuff bundled in there as well, like some car loans or? No, I, I think I must have liked variety because it was a little bit of everything, to be honest. Um, I had some debt related to some health issues that I had during my pregnancy. I had a couple of repossessions for some cars that we had acquired. I had um, just credit card debt. I had basically just everything that you can imagine. I owed the local phone company, just everything and anything that you can imagine. So you just basically owed everyone money. <laughs> yes. Yes. I owed everyone money, oh, even no. my family. <laughs> that, and those are the worst people to owe money to. <laughs> it is. It is. I actually owed um, a coworker. I think it was like $40. And even though it was an insignificant amount, it just created so much strain in our relationship. <laughs> yeah. It kind of made me not want to go to work just so I wouldn't have to see him. It's true though. Like the moment you bring like money into relationships things can go south very quickly <laughs> yes that's true so what advice would you give the younger version of yourself if you could go back and talk to the 17 or 18 year old uh, Karen oh, I would definitely tell my younger self start now um, in my early 20s I was just too focused on having fun and living life and living for the moment and I wasn't thinking about how those decisions were going to affect me later on, both financially and overall. So if I could go back in time, I would tell my younger self to start learning, start investing, start saving now. Because even though it's never too late to start putting your finances in order, I believe that the earlier that you start, the bigger the benefit you'll reap from it in the future. That's some good advice. <laughs> So I read on your site that you got married at 18 years old and now, unfortunately, you're divorced. So what advice would you have about getting a divorce? Well, definitely don't get married that young. <laughs> and um, if you're going to get a divorce, I would say, first, first of all, get the best lawyer that you can afford, because that's definitely going to affect how things are going to turn out for you. But second of all, I would say that divorces can be extremely emotional. And sometimes in a situation like that, we tend to make irrational decisions. Um, just to give you an example, I've heard several stories of people that when they've been going through a divorce, even though they have been entitled to half of, let's say, the proceeds of the house that they bought with their spouse uh, while they were married, they would sign away the house just so they wouldn't have to deal with their ex any longer. So I would advise anyone going through a divorce to try to think with their head and not so much with their heart. So in order to do that, I think, um, you know, if mediation is an option or if there's a neutral person that can help you both come to a fair agreement on how to split your finances, make use of those or any other resources that you could um, so that you can take the emotion out of it. That definitely makes sense. It's already a hard enough thing to deal with. And then with money involved, it's very easy to get very emotional and say, you take the house, I don't care, you know, and just like throw your exactly. hands up in the air. Yep. Yes, exactly. Definitely makes sense. So what is the struggle like being a single parent while getting out of debt? I know you had a ton of debt that you were trying to tackle. <laughs> yes, I did. Well, getting out of debt is very difficult in general, but when you're a single parent, you don't have that buffer that a married person would have in a spouse 
um, maybe like in the form of an extra income or even just someone to bounce ideas off of. So paying off that as a single parent can be extra stressful because all the responsibility is on, on you for better or worse. So that's why I feel it's extremely important to surround yourself with people that can listen to you, that can give you advice or just a word of encouragement when you need it. And honestly, that applies not only to single parents, but just everyone in general. Chainers, it's absolutely critical to set up a support structure when you're trying to tackle like massive amounts of debt. You need people that you can fall back on that, you know, maybe can help you live a, a little bit below your means. Like as an example, Katie's not paying rent at the moment because she's trying to tackle a mountain of student loan debt, you know, and that's because I'm able to give her that support structure but, you know, look around and see who can help you and whether it's moving back and home with your parents or whatever the situation is, or even just having someone to talk to and be accountable to, that can help so much. Yes, I definitely agree. So do you have any other advice for other single moms or dads in the same situation? Yes, I would tell other single parents to let go of guilt. There's a lot of guilt involved in single parenting. From guilt about not being able to keep the family together to guilt about having to work outside the home, guilt can creep up in many areas of a single parent's life. And we sometimes tend to overcompensate for our not being able to be there for our kids all the time by trying to fill that void with material stuff. But in a household with children and only one income, there is bound to be times when you just can't provide for all the material things that your kid's going to want. So in times like that, it's very easy to feel like you're not giving your child enough or that you're somehow failing them and to feel guilty about it. Um, the way I overcame this is by reminding myself that what my kid needs the most is love and acceptance and a listening ear. And that's all, all things that are free. So my son has never told me, do you remember when you gave me this or when you bought me that, you know, but he has told me multiple times, do you remember when we told stories under the blanket with a flashlight or do you remember that day that we went to watch the sunrise? So those little moments are the things that kids will remember forever and they don't have to cost a thing. That makes so much sense. Like, it's not necessarily about how much money you throw at your children. And, and to be honest, that's not going to make them better children, you know? Like, sure, they should be able to play a little bit. But ultimately, if you're spending hundreds and thousands of dollars on your children, like, they don't realize the value of money. And they value human interaction so much more. So it's definitely a lot better to sort of scale back. And like you said, do the stuff that's free that they will enjoy and they'll remember. Exactly. So all in all, you've really had quite the financial hurricane through your life, <laughs> so to speak. Yes. <laughs> so what would you say is one of the best lessons or something that you've learned from that time? Um, I would say I learned to be patient with myself. Um, ever since I was a little girl, I've been an overachiever. When I was in third grade, for example, I actually asked my dad to get me the fourth grade textbooks so I could review them beforehand because I just wanted to be the best at everything that I did. Um, and when I first started learning more about finances and budgeting and credit, I had to face and accept that I was definitely not the best at it. 
I had made so many mistakes, but I came to realize that being harsh on myself and thinking things like, you know, if only I had done this or if only I hadn't done that, it wasn't really getting me anywhere. And if anything, it was just keeping me stuck in a cycle of shame and regret and discouragement. So what I learned from that time is that the first step to getting better at at anything really is to come to terms with your reality and decide that even though you can't change your past, you do have the power and the control to change your future. Definitely makes sense. And also like when you're not good at something, learn that we'll realize that you have to start somewhere, you know, and you can't walk into something and just suddenly be the best, you know, it's a lot of people take years to get the experience that they have. And, you know, when you're trying to tackle something and you don't have any experience, you're not going to be good at it the first couple of times around. Exactly. That's why patience is important when you're going through a process like this. Couldn't agree more. (laughs) (laughs) So when did you start budgeting? So I started budgeting about six or so years ago, and it was pretty much out of desperation to change my situation. Awesome. And do you still budget today? Do you keep it up? I do. I definitely do. Um, I have to tell you that at first I failed miserably and, um, you know, it was really difficult at the beginning. But once I found the method that worked for me, it got a lot easier. And now I, I can actually tell you that I really enjoy budgeting. It's also about getting into routine as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so were there some parts that you found easier or harder about budgeting? Well, I think it was definitely trial and error. Um, many times you just have to find that one thing that works for you, even though it's not what works for everybody else. Definitely makes sense. So what method do you use to plan out your budget now? So I use a couple of things. I have a regular Excel spreadsheet where I develop my my budget in advance and then I use a spending tracker app to record my spending as it happens throughout the day. And then every couple of days, I download the app's data into the spreadsheet so I can check how my actual spending compares to my budget. And then if there's any adjustments that I need to make or anything like that to stay within the budget, um, I would address it at that time. And do you sort of set like a weekly amount or is it more of a monthly or yearly number that you have? No. So I have, I have a monthly amount. So basically I have um, an idea of where I want to stay and I have different categories. So let's say I would have an overall budget for my discretionary spending or anything that would be variable like food and entertainment and, you know, gas and things like that. Um, and then I do I do break it up within individual categories. So I would have, let's say, entertainment. I normally want to stay within, let's say, $80 or less a month. Um, groceries, I normally aim for, let's say, 280 to 300 a month. And I don't make it that strict that it's just one number. I just have like a little bit of leeway for, for each category. So do you... So in other words, you always try to live a little bit below your budget. But if you if you do reach or go over in one month, it's not the end of the world. Right. Exactly. That's that's something else that I have learned in this journey is that when you set such strict rules for yourself, it kind of puts a lot of pressure on you. And, and it's kind of counterproductive because it makes you 
spend even more than what you had planned instead of just when you have a little bit more uh, flexibility and wiggle room, you tend to spend less than that for some reason. It's definitely about finding something that works for you personally. And like, it's like you say, if you're too strict, you're not going to keep to it. You know, like you have to have a little bit of leeway and still feel like you're living a life, you know, not feeling like you're literally just a machine that just like, you know, like I have twenty dollars to spend on this day and I'm over, so I'm not eating tonight. And <laughs> if you go yeah. to extreme, it's not gonna work in the long run. Yeah, exactly. You can't you can't manage it like that. Definitely. Chainers, we're just gonna take a quick break and then we'll dive right back into the value link round. Chainers, we discuss a ton of books on Chainer Wealth and it's one of our favorite questions to ask people what books they're into. Well, if you'd like to listen to any of the books, A great way to do it is using Audible. I personally use it. I absolutely love the software. It allows you to really listen to your books on a commute or something like that. So it makes it a very enjoyable experience. Anyway, if you head over to chainofwealth.com slash Audible, you can sign up for a free, I think it's a 30-day trial, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 15, but I think it's 30. And it'll give you access to at least one free book. So Definitely check it out. So Karen, why do you think people struggle to achieve their dreams? I think people struggle to reach their dreams because they don't have a plan to achieve it. There is a saying that goes something like a dream without a plan is just a wish. And I think that's very true. I believe that personally, the reason why I was able to pay off my debt and build my wealth is because I sat down, I wrote down tangible goals and I traced the roadmap for me to get there. So basically I developed several goals for myself and for each one, I came up with several actionable steps that I could take in order to achieve them. Do you have any other books or podcasts you could recommend for our listeners? Um, I would definitely recommend Dave Ramsey's Complete Guide to Money. This book gave me the foundation that I needed to begin fixing my finances. And I really like it just because it's very down to earth and written in plain English instead of financial jargon. And I would also recommend The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. In her book, Marie encourages her readers to really think about why we buy things and whether or not those things really bring us joy. So even though it's not a book about finances per se, it's helped me to look at material things differently. And that has really influenced the way I spend money. So many times I would find myself at a store holding an item and asking myself, does this bring me joy? You know, and just really evaluating why I want to buy it and if it's really worth it. And to be honest, more often than not, I come to a conclusion that it's not really going to add any value to my life. And it's just going to end up in a, in a donation pile some months down the road. So the principles from the book have really helped curb my spending. Awesome. And do you have a favorite quote you like to live by? Yes. My favorite quote is by Stephen Covey, who is the author of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And it is that I'm not a product of my circumstances. I am a product of my decisions. I love that quote because it truly gave me the motivation to change the direction of my financial uh, situation. Personally, I accumulated a lot of debt because of bad decisions that I made, but also a lot of it came from circumstances that were out of my control. And I know that that's the case for many people out there. 
So maybe it was a health emergency or the loss of a job unexpectedly, or maybe being impacted by somebody else's actions or decisions. And I speak from personal experience when I say that in those cases, it's very easy to blame those people or those circumstances for where you find yourself and for your struggles. So when I first had heard that quote, I for it, sorry, it forced me to do some soul searching and decide if I was going to let all those things from the past continue to define me and hold me back, or if I was just going to leave all that behind and start moving forward. I absolutely love that. And also, like, it also gives you direction as well, you know, saying that even though stuff's out of my control, all the stuff happened that was out of my control, I can do something about it and, you know, I can overcome this. Yes, exactly. Great. So do you have any other last parting piece of advice for our listeners? And then we'll say goodbye. Yes. Um, my advice to anyone listening today would be to never give up. That's an advice that I share often with my readers, because while I was in the middle of my financial mess, I was fortunate enough to have people around me to encourage me to keep going when I felt like giving up. So now I want to be that voice for others that may find themselves in that situation and feeling that way. Getting out of debt or improving your credit or just fixing your finances overall it's not an overnight process. And in fact, many times it's not a process that follows a straight line. There's going to be setbacks or periods of time when you just don't see any progress whatsoever. And that can be very discouraging. But from my own experience, I can tell you that if you just keep moving in the right direction and don't give up, you will eventually reach your financial goals. Absolutely love that. Chain, as we've been hanging out with Karen, you can check out her site, Debt Free Lab, at debtfreelab.com. And definitely check it out. There's a ton of great motivational stuff. If you're in debt or trying to get out of debt, this is definitely a site you don't want to miss. Chainers, we've absolutely loved hanging out with you today. And we would absolutely be pumped if you continued the conversation with us on Twitter. Hit up at Chain of Wealth on Twitter and send us a message and let us know what you thought of today's show. Whether you loved it, hated it, or if you hated it, I don't know why you're still listening. But anyway, we would love to hear from you. So hit us up at Chain of Wealth on Twitter. Catch you on the flip side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.